that's going to be nice. No, it's not going to work for me. So, last week, we uh, started a series on uh, Miracles Happen, and we wanted you just to uh, own the fact that it's really important as a starting point to embracing the miraculous in our life is that we establish what is God's will towards um, God healing us. And we did a bit of a very quick theology of how Matthew is a book written to the Jews. The Jews have this backdrop of the mount, the mountain where they got covenant and they came down from the mountain and there's abuse, there's the golden calf and there's, there's holiness that's brought at the end of a sword. Not a good deal. Jesus comes as the promised Messiah. So Matthew's looking for this Jewish perspective of mine. He comes as the Jewish Messiah. And in Matthew's gospel, he's recorded to have done no miracles up until chapter 8. So he's done no miracles. Yes, he's had the dove come upon him at his baptism. He's been in the wilderness. There's this emerging sense that just maybe Jesus is the Messiah. And as he comes up out of the wilderness, he goes up to a mountain and he teaches. Instead of saying 10, no, 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 he does 10, blessed, 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 blessed. It's a new deal. It's a new covenant. We should be really excited about that. We're no longer under law. But the question still hanging in the mind of the Jewish observer of this, if he's Messiah, if he's bringing the kingdom of God, if he's actually bringing a new dimension to the way God deals with people to earth, how will he treat sin? And at the base of the mountain, there's a leper. A leper in the Jewish mind is symbolic of sin. The nation is described as a leper in Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah 53, some scholars will actually say, when it's depicting the Messiah as the man of sorrows acquainted with grief, he's actually been depicted as a leper. So this is hardwired into thinking of the Jewish mind. And a leper comes out, kneels before Jesus and says, Lord, if you're willing, I know that you can. Who believes God can? We all believe God can. But will God do it for me? Who believes God can do everything? But will God do anything for me? That's our issue. And that's what we've got to resolve. And the answer is God's willing. God has already made the decision to actually move on your behalf. So Jesus, to demonstrate that, not only healed the leper, but before he healed the leper, he reached out and touched him. In that society, to touch a leper was potentially a death threat. The fear was is that the sickness that is disfiguring and destroying this person would actually contaminate you and you would become just as disease. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how bad you are, when God touches you, health and power and good things flow into your life. He reached out and he touched him and he was made completely whole. So we've settled the question, have we? Does God want to heal you? Does God want to give you breakthrough? Does God want to give you deliverance? Do you need to arm wrestle God and convince him to do it? The answer is... No, God wants to do it. Here's a radical thought for you. God loves you. The trouble is you've heard that so often. Let me say something else. God actually likes you.
God only doesn't love you. He also likes you. Yeah, I know. God loves and likes you. He wants you. The decision was already made to heal you, to provide for you, to deliver you, to give you all that you need for life and godliness. When he sent Jesus to the cross, that's when the decision was made. I am going to give them everything they need. I'm going to do it through the life, death, resurrection of my son Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? So here we go. What was I going to do this week? Oh, there you go. (laughs) I was just going to say a very, very simple thought. But what God did once, God can do again. What God did once, God can do again. You know, there was a time back in uh, the days of um, Elijah where there was a widow who uh, has run out of food. It's a drought on the land. And so God instructs Elijah to go and visit the woman, 2 Kings chapter 4. And he says, okay, uh, what's happening? I've got nothing to eat anymore. So what he did, says, well, I want you to go, get a little bit of flour, get a little bit of oil. I want you to mix it together and keep on doing it. And guess what? The oil never ran out. What a great miracle. It's like Mike's bank account. Today I have $6.96 in my bank account. But I want to tell you, it never runs out. I get paid about $850 a week. Last week I gave away $400. And I've got $6.96 left in my bank account. But I want to tell you, it never runs out. Well, sometimes it does. But God gives me what I need, not what I want. So sometimes I don't get my hamburger. But I have the ability and the privilege to give. God did it once. Fast forward. Elisha now is going to the home of the widow. He's set up a Bible college. One of the guys in the college dies and the widow comes up and says, I've got nothing to feed my children. He says, well, I want you to go home. I want you to talk to all your neighbors. I want you to get as many vessels as you can, many buckets and jars and tins you can. I want you to bring them together. I want you to go and I want you to go and get your little bit of oil that's left and I want you to pour them out and... uh, when you've done that, come back and tell me what happens. So she goes and she does that. This is so amazing. She collected all this stuff, all these jars, all these buckets, all these containers. She's got this little bit left, just this little bit left. And she pours it out. Oh, well, that one's full. Take that one away. Pours it out. That one goes away. And it got to the last one. I think this is fascinating. It got to the last one poured it out and when the last one was full it ran out i wonder today if by the power of the holy spirit i could expand the number of containers you have do you hear what i'm saying if i could expand the hope that you have in god that i could expand your capacity to receive because i believe that god will fill you to the total level of your capacity to receive. Oh, some of you didn't even get that. Did you hear me? God will fill you to the brim, to the brink of your capacity to receive. It's not God who's the limit. It's we who limit God. God can do. It just could have kept on going. So God did it once. And guess what? God did it again. Well, let's look at another story. You've got uh, 
a situation where Moses in Exodus has been chased by the Egyptians. It gets to a Red Sea and uh, he's caught between the sea and the Pharaoh and his army's behind and God says, stand fast and see the salvation of the Lord. That's a great promise, isn't it? Sometimes we want to run and do whatever. But Moses was then asked to reach out his staff and strike the waters and he struck the waters. And we know, we've seen the Cecil B. DeMille movie, we've seen Joseph, we've seen that wonderful thing, great stuff, and they walked across on dry ground. God did it once, say once. But you know what? God did it again. Because a little bit longer, Joshua's coming up to uh, the promised land and the Jordan's in flood. Not the time when it's just trickling as a little creek. It's now in flood. It's raging. And he says to the priests, I want you to cross over. The moment that their feet touched the water, they crossed over on dry ground. God did it again. Hallelujah. God did it once and God did it again. But even more than that, uh, Elijah comes along a few years later and he gets to the Jordan. He gets out his uh, towel. I love this. I used to be one of the best towel whackers in the world. I could take skin off people. I had the ability to wind it up. I used to like a little tea towel. I found the, the beach towels just a bit too long. And, you know, when I used to whip and crack it, you'd see the fluff coming off as it went crack. And my wife was the butt of some of those at times, the poor girl. Um, I don't do it anymore. I'm not allowed to do that. But it was used to be one of my hidden talents. Tonight, if you come to Sunday Night Lights, you can ask me any question you like. That was one of the things you did not know about me. And I just get this idea of Joshua, uh, of Elijah <laughs> getting his uh, mantle and wrapping it up. And just going to the waters and going, whack! That's my imagination. What did you think? <laughs> just laid it out. <laughs> whack! And just split it open. And he walked over on dry ground. God did it once. And then he did it again. And then he did it again. Oh, well, let's not just stop there. Elisha, a little bit later, he sees his uh, spiritual mentor and leader, Elijah going to heaven, the mantle falls down and so he picks up the mantle, smart guy, <laughs> goes over the Jordan, all the other prophets looking around just waiting to see what's going to happen. He says, well, I now call on the God of Elijah and he gets up that mantle and he goes, whack, splits open and he walks over on dry ground. God did it once. God did it again, and God did it again, and God did it again. Hallelujah. We could also look at uh, this wonderful story. It's one of those things that we just get a, a, a glimpse from afar about, that one day Enoch was walking with God, and he disappeared. Went home with God. Um, I, I, I really hope, that in my relationship with Jesus, that I get to know him so well and so intimately, that one day in our walk together, God can say to Mike, Mike, do you want to go back home or do you want to come with me and go home? It would be the most natural thing is I want to go with you, God, and be home. And that's not saying I don't love this home, but 
We are created for a different world, different place. Enoch was translated. He was raptured. He just went poof. We'll just wait for a minute to see if there's anybody really close to God in the house. I know I'm going to be here for a long time. (laughs) Gary could go. He's spiritual. (laughs) He did it once. Then a a little bit later, there's Elijah. And Elijah's taken up in the air. So God did it again. Hallelujah. Then a little bit later, there's a guy called Jesus. So on Acts chapter 1, it says that he is also taken up, lifted up into the heavens. God did it again. Hallelujah. And we also know that there was a guy called Philip who was lifted up. It was put down again too. Fantastic. God did it again. And the promise to the church of Jesus Christ, God's going to do it again. He's coming back for a church. He's coming back for you and me. So my idea today is so simple. It's so simple that you could miss it. But God does miracles. And he does it again. And he does it again. What God did somewhere else, God can do here. What God did in another time, God can do now. What God did with someone else, he can do with Mike. God is an amazing God. You know, I have the privilege of being a little bit more mature than some other people. My wife would say not much. Just start getting him in his sanguine mood telling jokes and you'll find he hasn't grown up at all. But one of my advantages, I now have the long-term view of God. You know, I just haven't seen the acts of God. I can actually say I've seen the ways of God. And, you know, I can remember back in, what's the time, Karen? So I've got no watch. And 12 minutes past. Oh, I rebuked the clock. I actually want to finish early today. I, do, I actually want to finish early and just spend some time with, with God and just let God be God. But uh, just before I went to Bible college, my first Bible college, we used to live in uh, Champion Drive in Kelmsford. We used to serve this church as uh, stewards and in Sunday school and music. And on it used to play flute and I used to play the clarinet. We had really cool haircuts. Flares. It was a long time ago now. So uh, we decided that, uh, felt God saying that I need to prepare for ministry. So we sold up our house to go uh, to Bible college over in the Blue Mountains. Pastor Ron went there too many years ago. So, um, so we're there and we have a sister-in-law, we have a family party. So the deal is this, is that uh, we need to do a farewell to all our families. So we decided that an easy way to do that would be go to Miss Maud's restaurant. Anybody ever been to Miss Maud's? The princess cake is really good. And so we'd gone there with that sort of an idea to uh, just celebrate as a family. They could wave goodbye. And my sister-in-law, Carmel, she is now with the Lord now, but she was born with only three quarters of a heart. And a heart used to work in reverse, which was quite unusual. She was never, ever expected to live it beyond her teenage years. As long as we knew Carmel, she was always unwell. Uh, climbing stairs would, could be a fatal experience for her because her heart was so poor. Her fingernails always were blue. Uh, and she was forever being taken to hospital and 
almost began to accept. Anyway, we're at this restaurant and Carmel suddenly falls over in the middle of this restaurant. And to all intents and purposes, now I'm not a medico, but she appears dead to me. I can't find a pulse. No one else can find a pulse. She's blue. Her eyes have rolled back in her head. There doesn't seem to be any breath coming out. So I don't know. I can't prove to her, you to where her health was. But one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen, my wife, who's normally as quiet as a mouse, suddenly said, this girl is not going to die today. And she gets up. And she starts to call out to God in the middle of Miss Maud's and speak in tongues at the top of her voice. And uh, I'm asked to come over and pray. And I said, uh, Lord, I should heal Karma right now in the name of Jesus. Karma, squeeze my hand if you can hear what I'm saying. She squeezed her hand, her eyes open, and she was taken off and she was fine for many, many years and had a baby. God did it once, and God can do it again. Only a few months ago, a few months ago, well, almost 12 months ago, my wife was very ill, and uh, we thought she was going to die. And uh, we had to spend a lot of money getting uh, medical treatment and different things happening. And we effectively ran out of money, and I had a $7,000 bill to be paid on the Friday. On the Thursday, a lady from this church came in and presented us with a bank check for $7,000. Now, what I'm fascinated about is that the, the, the amount of money was exactly the amount of money that I needed and when I needed. God's good. God did it once and God can do it again. There was another time when I was invited by the Assembly of God in Western Australia to uh, leave my church that I was pastoring in Rockingham at that time and become full-time director for church planting and development. My role was to like, get with the pastors and facilitate team development so that we'd plant churches. That was the role. Before I left my church, they said, oh, by the way, Mike, as we've looked at it, unless we have training with a church plant, excuse me, with a church planning focus on it, we will just never really succeed to reach our goal because without harvesters, Ken, you can't do it. You can have great dreams, but without people in the harvest doing it. So we recognised then as a movement that we needed our own Bible college here in Western Australia because those that were even emerging with a call and wanted to train, what would happen is that they would go overseas or they'd go over the east or they'd go somewhere else and they would never come back to the greatest place in the world, Western Australia. And so they said, Mike, can you start a Bible college? Now, I'm reasonably bright, but I had no official qualifications. I had a diploma from the Assembly of God, but that was considered to be you know, confetti, really, as far as the government. And I was required to build an accredited Bible college. I was asked to do that in November, and I was asked to do that with no money, no library, and no facility. Well, it's amazing what happens when you're in the will of God. Because then doors just began to open. All of a sudden... Uh, an elderly lady left a bequest to the Assembly of God, the first bequest ever left to the Assembly of God in Western Australia. And it's the only time that we've ever had. That happened after 
the decisions were made to do it. It's amazing, isn't it? Anyway, short story. Uh, by God's grace, by the, that uh, following February, we opened up the college to receive our first students and we had triple accreditation, absolute miracle. And we started to grow and today it's a very successful, probably one of the largest Bible colleges, well, it's the largest Bible college in Perth today. That's a miracle. God did it once and God can do it again. So I could tell you about lumps on my body God's healed, about a back that I won't let God, uh, that I won't give into because God has healed my back. Even when it hurts, God has healed my back. I will tell you how to fight for your faith, how to actually keep your miracle. But my simple message today is hopefully you can hear that what God did once, God can do it again. What God did for Mike, God can do for you. That God is alive and active on planet earth and he likes to meddle. He likes to get down into your stuff. But how big is your container today? How uh, What's your ability to actually handle and receive God's Wonderful power, love, and deliverance. What is the time now, Karen? 11.90. What a terrific time to stop. So imagine you're going to get the team up. And we just want to actually spend 10 minutes just actually asking the Lord what he wants to do, where we're going to go. Uh, I, I am really trying to be focused in this series of just not teaching the word, but I want to see it demonstrated in power and signs and wonders. So if you can remain tuned in, it's not the time to tune out, but we actually do want to see God move and speak. So that's fantastic. So uh, 